I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this episode, A Fan of History. Hello, Dan. Hello, Bernie. Back, we're still in the 550s BC. Yeah, I have to start this episode in 553. Okay. So the political situation in the Middle East is Nabonidus is the king of Babylon. Astyages is the king of the Medes. Croesus is the king of the Lydians. Cyrus is the king of the Persians. And Amasis II is the pharaoh of Egypt. And one of them is going down in this episode. <laughs> like Survivor. First, first, who's going to get voted off the island first? Yes. And, of course, this is Cyrus against Astyages. The Persians against the Medes. Yeah. And it's not that clear what happens. And if this was the plan of Cyrus all along. According to the Nabonidus Chronicle, Astyages attacks Cyrus, according to Herodotus. I mean, according to Herodotus, it's similar to that, because basically what happens is um, Cyrus goes into revolt. Then um, Astyages has to muster an army to go against So. What Herodotus says is, do you remember, remember Harpagus? Please remind us. So Harpagus, is a, he was a Median general. He was basically, according to Herodotus, Asiagas, one of his right-hand men. But then he, when Cyrus was a baby, and, and Asiagas had the dream that his daughter's child would, you know, overthrow his empire, he had Harpagus take the, the boy and have him killed, but he didn't have him killed. And then when he lived, obviously, because he's there, and when Astyagus found out, he told Harpagus, oh, that's okay, it kind of was felt bad, I wanted to keep him around anyway. My daughter was mad at me. But then he had a special dinner for Harpagus, and in the dinner he served Harpagus 
His only son, a 12-year-old boy, after he ate him up, he had to take him home in a basket, and he basically said, oh, no, you're still my king, and everything is okay. So what we covered that in one of the episodes of Cyrus's birth. But then the story continues that Herodotus says that as Cyrus grew up, he was the manliest and best loved of his peers. So Harpagus kept in touch with him and sent him gifts. So what he did then is he wanted to send a message to Cyrus. And to do it, he had to be secret because, the, you know, there was messengers on the king's road. So apparently he cut out, had a rabbit slit open and took all the guts and stuff out of it. And he put in the message and he gave it to one of his trusted advisors, disguised himself as a, uh, like a hunter, and then give it personally to Cyrus. Which still to me is, I hope he went quick because I'm just thinking, I always think about this dead sewed up rabbit. Could have been kind of nasty after a while with the meth. Here's a meth. Here's a dead rabbit for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, but anyway, he gets Cyrus gets the letter in the dead rabbit, and the letter basically says, well, you know, let's go because um, if you rebel, if you rebel against Asiagus and the Medes, you Persians do. I'll support you, and I'm a general. So, what happens is Cyrus gets all the tri- Persian tribes together. He, like the leaders, and I imagine they're men and such, and he gets them, puts them all on the, f- the first day. He gets this big field of like brambles and all, you know, thorn bushes and all stuff, and he has them clear the whole, this whole area. And then the next day, he gives them a big feast, and it's all this drinking and food, and it's amazing. So then he says, quote by Herodotus. Can I do it? Oh, please. So here is Cyrus talking to the Persians. Quote, this is your case, men of Persia. Obey me, and you shall have these good things, and ten thousand others besides, with no toil and no slavery. But if you will not obey me, you will have labors unnumbered, like to your toil of yesterday. Now, therefore, do as I bid you, and win your freedom. For I think that I myself was born by a marvellous providence, to take this work in hand, and I deem you full as good men as the Medes in war and in all else. All this is true. Therefore, now revolt from Astyages with all speed. End quote. How about that? That was a good speech. So, yeah, then they revolted. Basically, so that's what they said when... Oh, this is great, too. So then Asiagas learned what was going on with Cyrus. He sent a messenger to summon him. Basically said, you know, Cyrus, come back to me. You know, come and see me, the king. And then Cyrus said to the messenger, Tell Astyagas that I shall appear in his presence sooner than he will like. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the Spartans when they told, right? When the Persian said, come, you know, come and get my weapons. <laughs> Hand over your weapons. He said, come and get them. <laughs> so then, yeah, so also then Herodotus says, Astyagus prepared for war, and he quote, as if God had deprived him of his senses, he appointed Harpagus to be their general, forgetting how greatly he had injured him. That sounds so stupid. I know, right? Like, oh, this guy, he'll be, he'll be fine. But in the end, Astyagus has his speech to, to uh, Harpagus. Yeah, so according to Herodotus, so then there's a war. I don't, do you want me to go keep going along with yeah. what Herodotus says about what happened? Yeah. Please. So then, 
Okay, according to Herodotus, there's different historians that cover this, but I'm the Herodotus person. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So according to Herodotus, only a few of the Medes who were not in on the portrayal fought. So there was a battle. Herodotus just has one battle. You know, one, one, there may have been more. So when the, when the battle started, a few of the Medes who were not in on the betrayal, they fought. Some of them openly deserted to the Persians, and then a larger amount of them just pretended to run in fear. So the next thing Astyages does, because he had to keep his priorities in order, remember they had these, he had the dreams about Cyrus, and the Magi said, oh, it's okay, um, it's not really, it's not what we thought. So he went and had them all impaled. You know, making sure that they didn't survive, and though his days were numbered. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he mounted a defense. Now, there's, there's other historians who will talk about this. Herodotus says he mounted defense using the old and young from the city, which is probably Ecbatania. You know, this that, that wasn't the actual final battle, I don't think, of the Persians. Beat the Medes, it was outside of the city that was to become Parsagade. But that city was built later. But so, but there, there is um, corroboration with other historians that say that he, you know, because there was no more median army basically left, they all switched sides, that he had to take the young and the old from the city, and they fought a battle. And he was utterly defeated, his army destroyed, and then Asiagis was captured. And then Herodotus says, would you want to do that one too? You can do it. Because it's not a Cyrus quote. No, no, this is just what Harpagus says. I like it because I like Herodotus always wraps up these stories with his fate, you know? And he's got these themes. I'll talk about that. So he said, Herodotus says, quote, Harpagus then, seeing him a prisoner, came near and exulted over him with many jibes and jeers. Among other cutting speeches which he made, he alluded to the supper where the flesh of his son was given to him to eat and asked Asiages, to answer him now, how he enjoyed being a slave instead of a king. 
Astyages looked in his face and asked him in return why he claimed as his own the achievements of Cyrus. Because, said Harbogus, it was my letter which made him revolt, so I am entitled to all the credit of the enterprise. Then Astyages declared that, in that case, he was at once the silliest and most unjust of men. The silliest, if when it was in his power to put the crown on his own head, as it must assuredly have been, if the result was entirely his doing, he had placed it on the head of another. The most unjust, if on account of that supper, he had brought slavery on the Medes. For supposing that he was obliged to invest another with kingly power and not retain it himself, yet justice required that a Mede, rather than a Persian, should receive the dignity. Now, however, the Medes, who had been no parties to the wrong which he complained, were made slaves instead of lords, and slaves, moreover, of those who till recently had been their subjects. End quote. So I guess the moral of the story is don't make a guy eat his own child and then put him at the head of an army. I think the moral could be just don't make a guy eat his own child. It's it's a pretty good moral. (laughs) (laughs) But if you necessarily have to do that, don't put him in charge of your army. (laughs) Definitely don't do that. Definitely don't. And so that's Herodotus' version. I'm not sure if you have, um, did you have uh, some uh, other versions are... There was like three battles um, that sometimes some actually some of the Persians might have went over to the Medes and then they came back. But there were some really long battles. But in the end, it's definitely clear that Cyrus, you know, beat Astyages and then uh, became, you know, basically took over the Median Empire. But he didn't have Astyages killed, which is the first that's his first, you know, that we know of where he doesn't do that, you know, or most of the Syrians and the Babylonians would have you impaled and killed, where he, he he brought him in as part of his court, most likely. He either brought him, some sources say he actually made him the governor of Parthia, which is probably not true, but it's probably true that he made him a member of his court, Asiages. And this could be the first time that we see the mercy of Cyrus, this very successful mercy that will become a great PR tool for the Persian Empire. Yeah. I think that, um, and maybe I'll, I'll just say it a little bit now, and I'll reiterate it later. I, I think Cyrus was probably very good at the in- intelligence, counterintelligence, intelligence, you know, sabotage, that kind of thing, where you would, yeah, the inns know what's going on, and it'll take over something before they, they even have to go to war a lot of times. And then he's also amazing at propaganda. Yeah. And at, at PR. At marketing the Persian Empire. Yeah. It's all part of the intelligence. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I, I always wondered if maybe Cyrus got a hold of himself some really good intelligence person and taught him the, the ropes. Probably, yes. Yeah, I mean, and the Persians, we'll see throughout history, you know, throughout their history, use gold as a diplomacy tool a lot. I mean, so here's these tribal horsemen from the steppes, you know, all of a sudden they have this humongous empire and they know how to manage it with spies and gold and all these other things so they, they came up to speed in the empire business pretty quick uh, do you want to give the herodotus conclusion yeah because this was interesting i thought how he said so because we talk about the medes and such and herodotus concludes this part where he says thus after a reign of 35 years astyages lost his crown and the medes in consequence of his cruelty were brought under the rule of the persians 
Their empire over the parts of Asia beyond the Halys had lasted 128 years, except during the time when the Scythians had dominion. Just the whole thing. But. This is a little bit similar to when Babylonia took over the Assyrian Empire. It's hard for a foreigner to notice a difference, because the Persian Empire under Cyrus looks a lot like the Median Empire under his gra- grandfather, Astyagas. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a wild theory out here. Please, because I'm going to have one too. Yeah, this is Astyagas' grandson inheriting power over the Median Empire. Oh. And maybe it wasn't this violent. And the difference between the Persians and Medes is so small. And powerful Median people got powerful positions in the Persian Empire. Oh, for sure. So it's very similar. Well, they did switch sides. We know we know that the, a lot of Medes switched sides, whether it's not because whether or not it's because Asiagas had a guy eat his own son or not. But they did switch. So a lot of them, he must have said, you know, when you switch, you'll get this position and you'll get this position. Maybe they really didn't like Asiagas that much. But yeah, and the powerful Medes didn't fear that they would become slaves of the Persians, and they didn't. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it's, I mean, I really think the Persians were kind of like the Medes, too. They were They were very similar. They're, you know, they weren't technically a tribe of them, but they weren't, they were sim- very similar. I'll uh, give you the Nabonidus chronicle version of Cyrus versus Astyagas. Oh, good, okay. So Astyagas launched an attack against Cyrus, the king of Ashan. Okay. It is a mutiny, like in the Herodotus story. Mm-hmm also in the Nabonidus Chronicle. But it takes three years, 553 to 550. Yeah. And the final battle resulted in the capture of Ekbatana. Right. And this is noted as happening in Nabonidus year 7, which is then 550. There is also that Cyrus won and he captured his grandfather, Astyagas. Yeah. That does seem to be... Some corroboration there that he captured and he won. According to Herodotus and Cetesius, Cyrus not only spared the life of Astyagas, but also married his daughter, Amethyst. Yeah. Okay. It seems Cyrus has several wives, but we'll get back to that later. Uh, this uh, cousin of Cyrus's father, Arsamus, yes. he immediately declared for Cyrus when this war started. Yeah. So he's now on Cyrus's side and sort of a king under the king of kings or a grand duke under a king. Yeah. His son, Hustaspes, which is then Cyrus's second cousin, will be made satrap of Parthia and Phrygia. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Yes. And then he will have a son called Darius. <laughs> And we'll talk more about Darius in the future. Yeah. But this was the conquest of media by Cyrus. I want to mention a bit about Croesus before we leave. Okay. Croesus is looking to the west. Much more than Nabonidus is doing. Yeah. He is very interested in Greek culture. And he doesn't care a lot about Nabonidus' problem. He had the Neo-Babylonian army at his border. Yeah. And it doesn't seem that he did anything about it. Yeah, they seem to be, their alliance seems to be all right. 
But he is taking over Western lands and especially in Ionia. Mm-hmm. He's attacking islands and he seems to have the ambition to take everything that is today Turkey and the islands outside. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's all these Greeks there and he's got these Medes to his right. Got a very wealthy kingdom, but it's not a very big empire. He, they, they did, Herodotus says right from the beginning of his reign, he started to try to, you know, consolidate all the, all the Greek colonies there. And he pretty much does. Yes. So uh, after the Battle of the Eclipse, the Lydians have looked to the west and kept the peace. Yeah. And in 550, Croesus builds the famous Artemis temple at Ephesus with many, 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 many boobs. (laughs) Artemis statue, which easily has... 20, 30, I bet somebody counted them. But there are many, many breasts on this statue. They quite are. This picture is so weird. Why does the goddess of hunting have so many breasts? I don't know, tell me. So the boring explanation for the many breasts, we we should probably post this picture. It's... uh, Yeah. We can get away with it as it is an ancient statue. Yeah, they look like water balloons anyway. Yeah, (laughs) so the boring interpretation is that they are not breasts at all. But the traditional interpretation is that there are multiple breasts symbolizing Artemis's fertility, but she's the goddess of the hunt. So maybe they are not part of the goddess anatomy at all. Well, it could be mixed with a local deity too. I wish I could remember, but there were some really interesting uh, female deities in Turkey, especially in Turkey in general, because that's your like really ancient cradle of civilization. I think there's some... That the, you know, they, they try to like make them like Greek and Roman gods, but they're never exactly quite the same. There is a theory that uh, these oval things are spaces where you can put things during rituals. Oh, like what? It could also be a misinterpretation of an original wood statue. Or maybe they're eggs. Oh. But then she has no other breasts, though. So they, I mean, yeah. It's, it's super weird. Look at the picture if you can, and you will see what we talk about. Yeah. This temple is very, very famous. And I was there. I was so close to it, and I didn't go visit it. Because you were drinking. Yeah, instead I was drinking and hanging out in a spa. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Mm. I regret it. It was in uh, 2004. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some terrorists blew up the bar. But that was a year later after I left. Oh, thank God. Very nice bar, but now it's gone. Uh, the temple was destroyed in 401 AD. But it was a thing from this date, from the time when Cyrus built it for 951 years. Croesus built it. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking about Cyrus so much. I know. Yes, but it creases. Thank you for catching me. No problem. Took 10 years to build a temple. And this version of the temple was destroyed in 356 by an arsonist. They even had arsonists in 356 BC. But this is what Croesus is doing when Cyrus is consolidating his power, now being the king of the Medes and the Persians. And Croesus should be worried. Yes. So what Croesus is doing, and I'm, gonna, I'm kind of winging this, but I've been reading this and for the last couple of months, and so maybe that's better. So what I... Croesus is donating to all the Greek temples. Herodotus says, Herodotus says things like, he explains in detail of this cup with all this gold and blah, blah, blah. And then he'll say, it was still there in my time. Meaning that he probably saw them and they, you know, he can't just say they're there in 440 if everybody knows there's no such of a cup there. So they must have been all this stuff from Croesus all over the Greek world because he donated to all these different uh, temples and oracles. So that's also probably where the richest Croesus became such a thing for so many years because he was constantly seeing all this gold coming from Croesus. And he also made a deal with with the Spartans to, uh, to become an ally. And that'll be important later when other things happen. In another episode, probably I'll get I'll I'll quote it. But he also goes to all the the um, oracles and he tries to determine which is the best one. And he does like he does a trick, and then the oracle of Delphi, of course, comes back with the right answer. I'll t- I'll go into it though. Something about <laughs> boiling turtles. Great, the oracle of Delphi. <laughs> but he is going. He is making all this, and the the Lydians. If you look on a map and you see like, oh my God, look at this Median Empire and this big Babylonian Empire. It used to be this, you know, Assyrians. And so Lydia doesn't, isn't a huge empire, but it's got a lot of money and they got a lot of mercenaries. And he did consolidate all those areas. He has the Greeks, they're all his vassals now and the Carians. But you see, he's not really, it doesn't seem like he's trying to like totally dominate them like an Assyrian because he's really into the Greek culture. And also that the Lydians, like, you know, the locals, besides their Greek allies that they have for hoplites, the, the Lydians were heavy cavalry. They had very arm, heavy armored cavalry. So they were more powerful than they looked by just looking at this small little area. They were rich, they had a lot of mercenaries, and they had a really strong heavy cavalry. So maybe they will stand a chance against Cyrus. They really could have stood a chance against Cyrus. So let's see what happens in the 540s. Let's see. Yeah, that will be in the 540s. But first we have to talk about the Great Wall of China. We do? <laughs> yes. I just did two episodes on the Great Wall of China, actually, for my sleep podcast, Sova Medan, in Swedish. Oh, okay. Uh, but that was the full story of the Great Wall of China. But in our next episode of Final History, we'll mention the Wall of China from 555 BC. Okay. And I might say a few words about other walls of China, which predate this wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I'm going to be digging into the episode of the 550s BC in China too, so we will. Oh, there's something else that happens in the 550s in China, right? Uh, there is. I'm sure there is. It's the birth of Confucius, remember? Oh, yes, yes. And we just discussed putting him in the 540s instead because we have another religious episode coming up in the 550s. That's right. But we said that we were just going to say that he was born in the 550s. <laughs> yes, on September 28th, apparently. Oh, that's right. He was born on September 28th. Yes. How does that make him? I don't know the sign. And then we'll also go to America for a whole episode. Okay. In the 550s. Let's definitely do that then too. So so we're pretty much wrapping up the 550s here. I'm sorry, the 550s is with, uh, in this part of the episode. So Cyrus has become the ruler of Persia and the Medes. Yes. And it will stay that way until we get to the 540s. Because we have four episodes to go now. Okay. And we'll meet the Sapoteca in episode six. Who's that? They are the inventors of writing in America. Oh. So maybe the Olmecs wrote something, but these guys can actually write. Okay. And they seem to, uh, well, talk more about that. But they are the first example of real writing in America. Oh, okay. I'm interested in listening to that. Yeah, I had no idea about this. I just discovered it. All right. I hope you have those some links for me to look at. I sure will. All right. So until next time. Until next time, do our Facebook page. Check out Dan's Instagram, Dan Horning. Also um, our Patreon. And tell your friends about Fan of History and tell your fans about what's new in history. Please. And if you do check out Dan Horning's Instagram, you have to put the dots above the O. Otherwise, you'll find an American guy who is in Germany drinking a lot of beer. And that's not me. <laughs> that's great. That's my American clone. That's awesome. All right. Well, till next time, then. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fan of history. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.